Welcome to Library Media Chatter, the podcast that is dying to know if Greg has any non-Shakespeare materials in the 822.3s. Greg, don't leave us hanging any longer. Listen, do we, we do not. It is all Shakespeare. Yeah, as it no. should be, really. Yeah. Now listen, Chatterboxes, don't stop now, because I know you came back just for that little reveal. We should have saved it for the end. That's true. I yeah. should have teased it here and said, yeah. but you're going to have to wait a little longer. Yeah, to get through the entire. You really episode. wasted. Well, let's, let's start over. <laughs> All right. Next month we're going to do this again. Yeah, and we'll try it a little harder. Uh, Greg, this is our February episode. Love is in the air. People are putting together their Valentine's Day plans. Maybe listening to this with their significant other is the ideal romantic <laughs> evening for the chatterboxes. But for those who aren't feeling the spirit this season, I have to ask: What is the least romantic book you've ever read? Or maybe the least romantic scene in something recent, if you're if you want to go that way. Oh gosh, uh, that's an easy one. I won't go into the the details, but the book I'm going to talk about for what are you reading is I'm glad my mom died by Jennifer <laughs> and basically every single romantic encounter that she has is the least romantic one okay. I've ever seen. Okay, it is it is uh, staggering, but probably her first is is the worst. And it makes you think, made me think, that is really just not how I picked Hollywood starlets. You know, <laughs> like it was the May Wests of another age. Yes. Like, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I won't go into the details. This yeah, is thank we you. Keep this podcast PG. Yes. So, yes. what about you? Do you have a? Did you have um, one in mind? I so I guess it's unfair to call this the least romantic <laughs> book or whatever. And I I don't know, uh, but it's the first one that always comes to mind when people talk about scenes that are very romantic and i'm just horrified by it every time that people mm. are like wasn't that great uh do you remember in the fault in our stars a john green classic a previous gateway from a bygone yes. era yes when a simpler our, time yes when our two main characters i believe kiss for the first time or maybe just kiss a ton mm. uh at the Anne frank house i do remember that yes yeah. I found yes. that very off-putting yes. uh, in a book that I didn't particularly enjoy. Yeah. But man, of all the places to stage your like romantic moment right. between boy and girl and they're like they finally have a chance to to really connect. Have it be the the Anne Frank house. Yeah, that seems like a maybe one of the least romantic <laughs> locations. If you made me planet. brainstorm. Yeah. <laughs> not romantic places from books it just, i would probably uh, pick that yeah one. yeah there, I, yeah there's a lot lot to be said and unpacked yes, there yes. um but i'm we sure don't there are time. romantic places in that country in that city yeah um, no that's, that's not the what best I, they have yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it's like in paris it's like the eiffel tower yes yeah yep Listen, if they want to know our full breakdown of every John Green book and every female character and why she's problematic, oh. <laughs> they're going to have to subscribe to our patrons-only bonus episodes. Yes. That's yeah. not a thing. Don't go look for it. <laughs> Still looking for Alaska. That's what we call Still... <laughs> it. Not sure if that's a character name or just the location. I always assume it's a character name, but I didn't read that one. So It is a character name. Okay. Also problematic. Yeah. <laughs> so that was All my right. hot take. You know, Greg, I I wish 
I would have known that we were going to you were going to talk about your what are you reading? Because it would have made for a beautiful transition. But instead, you get this clunky one. Greg, you already told us this, but I'm going to ask because I like the way it sounds. What are you reading? Well, uh, as I as I said, I'm reading I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. It if you haven't heard about this one yet, she this was uh, after my time, if you will. She was a child star on Nickelodeon um on iCarly okay were you of an age to watch that no no I um I was kind of in uh, who was the uh the Melissa Joan Hart era mm, yes. of Nickelodeon would have been my era so, uh pre-Sabrina 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 um really like tail end of <laughs> Alanis Morissette oh yeah uh, okay. if you can't do that on television and then um Clarissa explains it all. Oh yeah, was a big yeah. favorite. But yeah, yeah. iCarly was also beyond me. Yeah, no. So that so she's on it, and I think she also had another show that I'm not sure what it was. Uh, well, I just can't think of it. Right now. Anyway, Carly. the point is, it's it's just devastating. It's all it's just about kind of her life and how horrible it was. And as with most memoirs, I am somewhat skeptical of significant portions of it. Um, I just, there were too many things from when she was too young that I was like, I just honestly don't. And she like her whole, her whole life story is about how she's very good at making herself be what people want. And I was like, I feel like this is happening again. Okay. Book form. But anyway, the writing is very vivid. There's a lot of like almost unbelievable things so you mean um, like she in this moment, people want former child stars to tell stories about how terrible things were. So that's like yeah. her kind of like not that nothing happened, but maybe exaggerating or, or or playing into that expectation. Yeah. And certainly playing into like, I think that's just that narrative that she's written for herself, yeah. you know, like and um, but anyway, we have I'm going to. We're, we have a couple copies. I think it's a good thing to have in a high school library, probably okay. not a middle school. Um, as I said, there's some there is some explicit content that's okay, not um, gratuitous. I mean, it's pretty important to the story she's telling. Sure, but it is like you know, it's probably not a it's probably not a middle school book. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. Can I tell on. you how excited I am? I when I saw that that was on here, I'm like, I feel like I've heard of this book before. Hmm. This might be our first. What's next to what are you reading? Oh, um, a little over a year ago, as the chatterboxes will remember, I believe it was the November 22 episode. Oh. Greg said, I'm looking forward to reading this book. I've heard about it and it only... we're going to get it for the library. And it turns out he did read it. It only took me a year. It. You know what? <laughs> There's several that I've recommended and thought about in the what's next that I still haven't gotten to yeah. for when we started. So, Same. Yeah. yeah. But that's cool. Uh, I'm glad that you you were interested in it, and then you read it, and you're like, "Yes, there is an audience. This is a good purchase." Yeah, it's there's for sure an audience for it. Yeah, for that's sure. That's awesome. So, yeah, tell me about your book. What are you reading? Uh, I am reading the last uh, of the Dogwoods for me this year, uh, "Better Than We Found It" by Frederick mm-hmm. and Portia Joseph. Um, it is a series, basically like a series of essays. Mm-hmm. on a bunch of topics and kind of like looking at intersectionality in the world. Um, oh, okay. It's it's what sets this apart from other things. And he did it a little bit in his book, uh, The Black Friend, where 
he writes about something, or in this case, he or she write about, they each kind of take, they flip-flop chapters. And then at the end of every chapter, there's either one or two um, interview sections where they talk to an expert in that field. Oh, okay. Um, and kind of like, what are their thoughts on it? And how, what are they seeing in the world? And kind of how yeah. these things work, whether it's stuff from the past or uh, where they see things going in the future. Oh, cool. So it's a, it's a neat way to think about that stuff. I, there's chapters on uh, climate issues and housing and gun violence and oh, wow. um, feminism, just all kinds of, it's, I think it's 16 chapters. Okay. I'm about halfway through right now. It was one that I was very much looking forward to reading, yeah. and I I came to it last, mostly because it's long. Uh, yeah. I was like, yeah. well, let me just knock out this other one. Okay, let me knock out this. Okay, now I'll yeah. do this one. Yeah. So uh, it's been very interesting, and really, as was uh, The Black Friend, I found it every time that I'm reading it, it's giving me a lot to think about. The things that they're talking about have really made me kind of consider what my role is in the world or kind of think, what am I seeing in my job and where I live, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's been good. I, That's I awesome. imagine it, eh, it's going to be a tough one for some kids just because of the length. Okay. Um, but maybe like we've talked about with some dogwoods in the past where maybe you can pull sections. That's what I was just thinking. A chapter at a time and kind of see what's thought provoking here or pull the expert sections. Yeah. If you're wanting to use some of those things. Yeah. I could see that being really useful for like, not quite a mentor text, but something in that vein of, you know, of something to show students, maybe a supplemental reading around a topic that they're already discussing. Yes. And I mean, it is very, I I will be uh, as upfront as I can be. It is very biased in the sense that like, they have feelings about things and they see yeah. the world a certain way. Yeah. And that's what they're talking about. Wanting to see change in the world. That's why it's called better than we found it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so like, there will be some people that will just be like, well, this is how could you say that this is a problem or that this is whatever. But uh, as far as looking at a side of life, it is a, it's been really interesting. Well, that's very cool. I, I have not read that one yet, but I'm looking forward to it now that you've described it. Yeah, I uh, I hope that you get to it and uh, enjoy it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a quick break for our commercial sponsors so we can pay the bills. And then we'll be back with more. This episode is brought to you by the Dewey Decimal Number 155, which means it's time for what has been described as the singled out of library call number based games. Do we know our Dewey? I'm going to name books with call numbers that start 155. Greg is going to guess what that section is all about. Highlights from this Dewey number include Stress Less, Teen's Guide to Calm, Chill Life by Michael A. Tompkins. Mindfulness and Meditation, Handling Life with a Calm and Focused Mind by Whitney Stewart. A Perfectionist Guide to Not Being Perfect by Bonnie Zucker. And Just As You Are, a Teen's Guide to Self-Acceptance and Lasting Self-Esteem by Michelle Skeen. Greg, what is this section all about? All right. <clears throat> well, I'm going to go with self-help. You know, you're you're not wrong in oh, the, the area that you're going. Oh, uh, it is the That is why currently oh, uh, in my boy. libraries, we have these books on display. Yeah. It's kind of like a mental health... How can mental you feel health. better? Is but that, the, okay. the answer here 
yeah from our friends at bridgewater college library services yes is differential and developmental psychology that was my second yes yeah so i knew psychology was in the 100s or i knew there were yeah, yeah. a psychology section but i did not i thought this was really going to be its own i really thought this was going to yeah. be self-help i was i'll be honest um i was interested in when dewey sent this along i was yeah. excited yeah. because we have some displays up with these books kind of like this time of year people start to yeah. feel a little down and uh, yeah. so we have these mental health and we've we'd been buying more of these recently because there's been a flood of them uh i was actually kind of interested to see what that would be called because yeah. half of them are in the 155s and the other half are like 616 618 oh, in interesting there. So I was interested to see kind of what we were dealing with. So when Dewey sent 155, I thought, you know what? Now I'm going to learn something. Yeah. Wait, we all did. We all And Chatterboxes, that includes you too. You're welcome, Chatterboxes. You're welcome. Yeah. And thank you to Dewey, number 155, <laughs> for sponsoring this episode. That's right. All right. Welcome back to the episode. This is now my favorite portion. I know that we... Uh, sometimes eschew the use of favorite here. Greg didn't want to use that the last time, but it's my favorite because I get yeah. to ask Greg, what are you doing? Well, let me start by asking you, do you guys at either, I know you're at two schools. Mm -hmm. Do you have a book club, a library sponsored book club at either of them? No, we don't have books. Oh, good. We okay. We don't well, sponsor you're... reading of any kind. The Missouri method. Yes. I see you're taking the Missouri yes. approach to library. Yes. Yeah. We are we um, are getting ahead of book banning by just closing down. Yeah, uh, we no, are there. Yeah, just to so when people say, "Hey, could you recommend?" We can yell at them for trying to. Well, read. listen. First of all, don't get rid of all those books I, because you have. I'm sure you have a housing and interior design class that would come love sure. to come and arrange them by color. Yes, and stack them in visually appealing ways. Yes. Uh, or so, if the power goes out for a length of time and we need to mm -hmm. get some trash barrels going, yeah, we'd have some kindling. I'm going straight for the 155s. Yep. <laughs> after that debacle. You don't shame me on my yeah. own podcast, 155s. Um, no, I learned we, a lot so, from that Jeanette McCurdy book. I know I really know how to go after these things. No, so okay. So here the, I ask about the book club because so that's one of the things that we have at ours. And actually, I'm gonna give credit where credit is due. Margaret started our book club when she, I think when she came to summit and it's really just been a great um, established activity for kids at summit for a long time, as you know, when, yeah. you know, it was there when you were there. So one of the things that we have started doing recently because of the exemplary library program, and I think this is a good example of how that exemplary library program has helped us do things that we might not have other, otherwise done is We've started having um, a community night for our Gateway Book Club. Okay. And we just do it once a year and we do it January, February. Um, and it's kind of what it sounds like. We invite um, all the staff. Okay. We invite, we don't send out an invite to the entire parent community. Okay. Because I just feel like that, like they get a lot of messages. They don't sure. need one more thing. But we do ask our book clubbers to bring friends family, whoever they want to bring. So just over the, we've done it. This will be our third year, I think. Okay. We've had parents, grandparents, friends. We've had kids show up whose own friends didn't even come, you know, like they're like the person that invited them yeah. didn't come and they came. Um, and we've had people who had never come to book club, but had been interested who came. And so it's really, 
it's very easy. We try to pick something that we think will have a broad interest. So like, that's why we were doing this. I'm glad my mom died because it's kind of been all over the charts and on TikTok and those things. And um, we have like a little pizza and things like that. But I mean, it's like very low key. Okay. Um, We've had teachers come. It's just been a really good way to one uh, give the library and the book club some exposure outside of eight to three, you know, and two, to get people to get the community involved, even though these are people who probably are already book lovers, it's just nice to give them that personal connection to the library. And so, yeah, I'm excited for it. This it's been, it's been good the last two years. I'm excited for it this year. Well, what a neat thing for the kids. So like everybody has kids in their school, uh, that, you know, are readers that are, are, they come and check out five books a day and whatever. Right. Right. But that doesn't mean that those are necessarily all of your book club kids, right? You probably get some kids in your book club that aren't that way that just, you know what, I'll read a couple extra books or for this kind of community thing. If you're pulling other kids for kids to see that there are adults in the world who also read for fun, yeah, that it's not, I handed you of mice and men and this is the only book you're going to pretend to read for the next year. Right. But that this is a thing like, you go to basketball games, people like sports, you see that people play beyond whatever. Like this is a chance to see that other people read, other people enjoy these things. That's very cool. Thanks. Yeah, we, you know, one of those things that the uh, exemplary library program really highlights is, you know, how are you connected to or people and institutions outside of your school building? And that's not something that I had really focused on before we started doing this. And so I, think that is a that's a good thing that has come out of this is looking at partnerships with the public library looking at part you know partnerships with people in our community who would be who would like to support us but we haven't given them an opportunity so things yeah. like that you know that's very cool well and that's why you're a back-to-back champion and going for the three-peat this year that's right well it's gonna be a four-peat oh it's a you've already won three yeah oh yeah. my goodness yeah i, I can't know. believe i missed one well <laughs> listen four you know what? I'll take the uh, trophy this year then. Yeah. You just make sure. <laughs> That's incredible. Going for yeah. the, in bowling, they call that a ham bone. When you get four the, strikes in a row. This is the ham bone of library yeah. science, as That's I've always so, called it. I think uh, we should have a booth at Mazel, where, oh, yeah. or, a, or a talk where you can coach people through getting there, and we'll call it on your way to the ham bone. On <laughs> your way to the ham bone. The or or your your memoir will be my journey to the Hamburg. <laughs> I think that's uh, we've got a lot of a lot of options here, Craig. Listen, just a quick just a quick note about that. I was yeah. disappointed in the number of people who came up to us at Mazel and asked to be interviewed, yeah, and or for our autographs, yeah, and or to take pictures with us, yeah. And so I'm really hoping these chatterboxes are gearing themselves up for this year. Do you think part of the problem is that number one, well, I guess there's several things here. Number one, uh, this is a, an audio medium, so there's yeah. no reason to know what we look like. That is a, that has been an obstacle could, in the past. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and number two, your mom was not in attendance. Yes. And Margaret and Sandy were, but they already know who we are. Yeah. And but they, they still didn't ask. Whenever. That's I mean, true. It, yes. it would have been polite. That would have been nice. Yes. Yeah. Maybe we need to make T-shirts for this yeah. year that say that don't say the podcast name. Just we have a podcast. Yeah. Ask us for a picture. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be good. 
It's the least you could do. Could be on the back. <laughs> I feel like that's the that's what my memoir will would be. Um, <laughs> the least I can do will be the title thing. Well, Greg, that will be a great read. Those two memoirs. But speaking of other great reads, let's get into the reader's nook. Yeah. This month, we're discussing In the Wild Light by Jeff Zentner, uh, a Gateway regular at this point. I think yes. this is his third entry into the world of the high school Gateway nominations. Uh, let me read the summary, and then Greg is going to opine about how he feels, and I will turn off my microphone. When his best friend Delaney gets them both full rides to an elite prep school in Connecticut, Cash must choose between his need to love and protect Delaney and his loyalty to his grandparents and their small Appalachian town. Do you say Appalachian or Appalachian, Greg? I probably would have said Appalachian, but mostly because I'm a coward. Like, yeah. I would not have been yeah. bold enough. Yep. Yeah. I don't know why I said Appalachian this time. That might be, it, these might be the first two times I've ever said it that way. Boy, it rolled right off the tongue. It though, felt so. good. I yeah, did go to I Branson. I went to Branson over break. So uh, That's you can part of feel it. my Southern roots that your have connection. never existed really coming yeah. out. Well, uh, Greg, tell me your thoughts. what do you think about In the Wild? Okay. I'm going to, let's just start at the very beginning, which is, a very I had good not place read to it. Start. Yeah. Thank you. That. Thank you for completing that. I've not read any of his other books, okay? Um, and that, that was actually something you and I had talked about that you really liked, I believe. The uh, Goodbye gateway. Days. It was the yeah. second gateway uh, from maybe four or five years ago. Okay. Okay. So haven't read that. I hadn't read Serpent King. And yep. hadn't read... So, so when I was getting ready to talk to people about this, um, I did put together some slides for my school. And let me just tell you, this man loves to hold a guitar and he loves to show chest hair. And I just thought two for two Jeff, is what you there's thought. a time this and a place. Oh, you know? okay, sorry. Yeah. This guy nailed it. <laughs> now see, he's going to come on this podcast with Jeanette McCurdy. Yeah. We're going to have to talk about, Oh, but listen, so here's my, I just, it was an instant turnoff. I was like, this guy just seems like he thinks he's way too cool for school. Blah, 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 blah. And then I read this book and I really, really liked it. And I can't speak to anything else he's written. This book has, uh, I, re I really liked Cash as a main character. Um, I really liked the the story that I found particularly touching in this was kind of his growing up and his relationship in particular with his grandparents. I was less interested in the stuff with Delaney, but it was still good. And I really liked the poetry that um, Zentner puts in because Cash is a is growing as a poet. Um it kind and of that's kind discovers of, that he's yes. into poetry, right? And that's, I think, part of him becoming, I guess, an individual, right? Becoming yes. a person. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was a tremendous... So I'm very, very pleased with this. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's nudging what beauty there is for first you know my top spot right now wow. i know i really liked it um, after what beauty there is was claimed to be an all-timer i know i know now, that's why i said nudging i don't know over. i don't yeah. know what to do about this interesting and he had so much chest hair and a lot of yeah. a lot of denim shirts and i mean sure well which comes first greg is it the having of chest hair that then requires the denim shirts? There's a leather jacket. If you wear I'm looking denim at the pictures shirts, right now. There's your a body vest. just goes, I've got to grow <laughs> chest hair now to match the denim. 
I don't know. I just, I mean, that's again. He's a man's for... man, is what you're saying. Denim and leather, <laughs> chest hair and guitars. This guy. This is uh huh. In yeah. Appalachia, he'd yeah. be a real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and in the hollers. In the hollers. Yep. Uh, tell us what do you what did you think about it? Um, I like usual. I agree with most of what you're saying. Not and the most not being the emphasis here, where I'm going to point out the things that I thought were terrible. <laughs> um. I yeah, I think that you are spot on with how I read it as far as it's his relationship to his family, to his mm-hmm. to his grandparents that is the thing that stands out uh more so than his relationship to like the kind of like love relationships of the story. Right. Um I think and I I really enjoyed Goodbye Days which also had I think some like a little bit of a romantic component but is much more so about friendship. Okay. I think he does a good job of writing friendship. Oh, that's um, a good insight. Yeah. That it's not, not that other authors don't or whatever, but just in the way that he focuses on things. And this book had plenty of romantic stuff, right? He pines for one girl mm-hmm. um, who is either, it's either Delaney's roommate or just somebody that Delaney becomes friends with very yeah. early on. Yeah. All of that stuff rings fairly true. Like, I don't, I, it didn't feel real false that like, there are people when you go to a new place and you meet different types of people and you feel deep feelings about the, or what you think are incredibly deep feelings about these people, but it's his connection to, and and I'm not going to remember his name, but he makes a good friend um, early on in the story that they kind of become like a group of four that all kind of pal around. Yeah. And he writes that really well. Um, And it's, uh, the way that he is with his grandparents, that not that it's just a friendship relationship, but like he does non-romantic intimacy very well. Yeah, agreed. Um, and I thought this book really nailed it. There were, there are moments, I mean, it's a YA book, so there are things that go kind of over the top and things mm-hmm. that are are beyond reality, which are fine. And like, mm-hmm. because it's it felt couched in, these are real friendships. These are real relationships. I understood why these people cared about each other um, and why they were acting the way that they were acting. Mm-hmm. There's a moment near the end. I got a little bit nervous. It was going to lean too far into like heroism mm-hmm. where he, he has a, a roommate that's terrible. Uh, Cash's yeah. roommate at this prep school is terrible. Uh, and he kind of gets his comeuppance. And there was a little bit of, like, man, I hope that they don't suddenly turn this into something that it isn't. And I thought even that was handled really well. Uh, I think a lot of other authors would have done uh, something a lot more flowery and mm-hmm. um, involved with that. And it it didn't dwell all of its time in, like, now we have this big moment. All of the big moments were little moments uh, yeah. in the book. Everything yeah. really important, for the most part, were very small things. Just him growing into loving poetry and uh when he's on the the rowing team and kind of like getting into that and discovering yeah. that maybe he fits in in a way that he didn't feel like he was going to fit in before right um but it wasn't like and then they won the championship and he gets right. on shoulders and he now right. he learns that this is good it's just kind of slowly over the course of his time comes to some realization yeah, it resists, I think, yeah, it resists a lot of the easy kind of grandiose things yes. that would have been in in a lesser author's hands would have been the way the plot went. Yes. 
Yeah, so, so I, I agree with that 100%. I enjoyed it. Um, I am looking forward to at some point this year, um, I will not be reading. I think I tallied up and we'll talk more about it next month, like 180 something graphic novels. Boy, um, it took you like 12 hours. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm I just not, kidding. <laughs> I will not be reading that many graphic novels yeah. uh, in 2024. Yeah. So I am will. hoping to get to um the serpent king and then what's the, the other one is rain and delilah's midnight matinee is that's that it yeah yeah um, i haven't read that one either yeah yeah so i'm i'm looking forward to maybe tackling those finally since when in the wild light came out and i was like oh that's right i really like this author yeah yeah so yeah hopefully uh the other ones kind of carry through the same way but i i absolutely recommend this book yeah same um, if you are looking for something fast-paced and a lot of in the, like crazy things going on this is not going to be no. yeah. <laughs> it's not this one no. uh, it started a little bit that way with like you meet this local drug dealer guy yeah and you're like man he just got this guy got real involved in the first few chapters yeah and then he just disappears because yeah. it's like impetus for them to to need to get out of town like to want to do things outside of their little town but yeah if you're like man i he really hooked me with that crazy drug dealer guy like so that's this is not that book this is not that book um, yeah okay next month uh we're going to be tackling science and the skeptic by mark zimmer uh it's one of the high school dogwood books from this year uh much shorter i think it's only like 115 pages or something it's oh, not wow. a real long one at all uh so that should be an easy one for the chatterboxes to keep up with us as they're following <laughs> along at home uh and as always if you have thoughts on the book that we just talked about either of the previous two books, uh, your feelings on the 155s in mm -hmm. Dewey uh, or Greg's community reading program to bring literacy to more people is one man campaign. Not what it is, not at all. Not uh, you can close. send us an email to librarymediachatter at gmail.com. We're going to take a quick commercial break and <laughs> come back to wrap things up. <laughs> This episode of Library Media Chatter is brought to you by Cardigans. Casual enough for a day of inventory in the library, but formal enough for a romantic Valentine's Day outing at your nearest bookstore. Cardigans. Yes, we are that cliche. Welcome back to the podcast. We have just enough time for What's Next, where we highlight a new book we are excited about but have not yet read. So Dan, what is next? Uh, I am really excited to read Cast, The Origins of Our Discontents, uh, adapted for young adults by Isabel Wilkerson. Um, I found this book, I was looking for just kind of whatever's new and interesting and, and highly rated. I'm going to read this little blurb because I thought this, it's a much longer thing. I tried to shrink it down because there's a lot going on. Yeah, um, It explores historical social hierarchies including those in India and Nazi Germany, and explains how perpetuating these rankings dehumanizes vast sections of society. My understanding is that this is very much a like current piece. They're writing about our world now, but yeah. using these kind of historical and outside of the United States uh, examples to kind of, my guess is to go like, look at what this is like. Isn't that not great? Hey, Look at what we do. Yeah. Notice that it's not as dissimilar as you would hope it was. 
Is she, um, I'm going to do a quick search here. Is she, or maybe you'll know, is she also the author of The Warmth of Other Suns? Does that sound right? That is a great question. Because I um, think she is a historian. Okay. The Warmth of, yeah, she's a historian by training because The Warmth of Other Suns is her other big award-winning book. And it's okay. about the um, Great Migration, right? Oh, okay. You know, yeah, after yeah. the Civil War. So I, I imagine this is going to have a strong historical component. Yes. But that it's kind of like the warmth of other suns. It's explaining things now. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Uh, and with that, remember, read responsibly, use a bookmark.